you have your Bible today, I invite you to open it up to the book of Psalms. And I know that uh, we've had a lot going on, and uh, I'm going to get to what the Lord uh, has spoken to me, and then I feel very strongly that He told me uh, to do something. So I don't want to diminish what we're going to talk about, but I also want you to know I'm, gonna, I'm going through here quick because I want to get to where I know Jesus told me to get. Last week, I gave away two Been There mugs to people who put pictures on Facebook of places they've been, and so I got two more. First one uh, is Michael and Maddie Hicks. This is a picture of them in Alaska. I picked this because I was jealous because I've never been to Alaska, and so uh, is Michael and Maddie here? If they're not here, then I'll keep it. They may not be here. Boom, I'll give it to him next time I see him. All right, second picture is one of the coolest stories I've ever heard, and that is uh, Mitch and Laura Robinson. And if you've never heard their story about uh, their girls and, and how God provided and all that, then you, you need to sit down and hear that. But if one of you guys don't mind, if you'll come up here, and uh, I'd like to bless you with one of these. And also, uh, Mitch is an Alabama fan. Roll Tide. Hey. I'm not the prophet or the son of a prophet, but the, the Tigers are going to win the national championship. Some of you got that. Some of you didn't. <laughs> Last week, we started a series, Been There, and we talked about priorities. Next week, I'm talking about being broke and your spirit broke in your pocketbook. I'm going to talk about things that people have been there. We're talking about finances and stewardship. And next week, I'm going to talk about distractions and the things that distract us. But today I want to approach a topic that I don't think is preached about enough, and I'm, I'm guilty myself of neglecting it. However, it's very real, and it's a reality to many people in this room. The phrase mental health is fairly broad. When we hear it, we often think that somebody's crazy or something else negative. Fact is, the church has looked at spiritual health for a long time, and we've forgotten that people struggle between their ears, that they do love God but they still have problems that they deal with. And today we're going to look at some things that many of you, even my own family, deal with. Have you ever felt sad and didn't know why? Have you ever felt like you were edgy all the time? Have you ever felt like you were trapped in a thought that bad things were coming and you were always afraid? Have you ever felt like you always had a weight on you about something? In the Bible, one of the best-known Old Testament characters and the, the most popular king seems to struggle with depression, anxiety, and fear. Matter of fact, a lot of people believe that King David may have even been bipolar. Now, for some of you, you're like, what? Well, you've probably not read the Psalms before. You read the Psalms, and you'll know he will snap on you quick. God bless me and bless them and break their neck and make them just absolutely disintegrate. Read it. You'll see, and you'll be like, I ain't that bad after all. <laughs> Psalm chapter 13. It's only six verses, and here's what it says. How long, O Lord, will you forget me for good? How long will you hide your face from me? How long will I harbor cares in my soul and sorrow in my heart by day? How long will my enemy loom over me? Take note and answer me, O Lord my God. Brighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say I have him, lest my foes exult when I stumble. I am, I for my part confide in your kindness. May my heart exalt your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. It's amazing what happens in these six verses. 
from the very beginning. How long, O Lord, will you forget me for good? How long will you hide your face from me? And then at the very end, for I confide in your kindness. Well, at the very beginning, you don't sound like God's being kind to you. It sounds like God neglecting you. But in the end, he, he comes back. And we see this all throughout the Psalms. Have you ever thought about the fact that even the man that God said was after his own heart had struggles and trials, particularly in his emotions and in his mind? Can I just make a confession to you that I used to think people just simply couldn't get over it? I used to have no sympathy for people who always seemed to be bummed out, down, and depressed because I couldn't understand it. I figured that if it didn't bother me, if it didn't, if it didn't mess with me like it did them, then obviously there was something wrong with them. I used to think that it was all in people's mind and they were just not determined to quit. I used to think that people who couldn't break habits just thought it was a crutch. My mom used to smoke, and I remember my mom quit smoking cold turkey, and it really reinforced my theory that you can quit what you want to quit. I used to tell people all the time, like, you need to lose weight. I'm like, I will one day. I didn't earn this overnight. I'm going to take my time. Letting it go, let it go. All of that changed when I saw someone that I know loves Jesus and that I know loves him with all of her heart go through something that was absolutely gut-wrenching to me. I told you last week that I'm going to be transparent with you and I told you I'll tell you some stories and give you a little insight for the girlies. And I asked Lindsay, I said, can I use you for an example? I was going to whether or not she said yes or no. I do it every week. <laughs> I can't remember what exactly brought it on. All I remember was it was real and it bothered me. Lindsay went into this moment where she was just afraid. She was just fearful. She was anxious. She thought the world was caving in around her. Before we got married, I asked Lindsay three times. I said, now before we get married, I ain't got but one shot at this. I ain't trying to be like my mom and my daddy. Are you crazy? <laughs> she said, no. I waited a couple weeks and I asked her again. I remember when she was sitting in that bed, I looked at her. And she was crying and she said, Jody, I don't know what's wrong. And I looked at her, and this is what I said. I said, you told me you weren't crazy, and I was so selfless. I said, I'm a pastor, and you're going to mess me up if you're crazy. <laughs> I could care less at that moment because I thought, get over it. Days went on and days went on and I realized something was wrong. She was just anxious. Then she'd come to me and she'd say, talk hard to me. And I'm like, oh, you got that. <laughs> Suck it up! <laughs> and I looked and we, we developed this phrase. I said, live life, trust God. Repeat after me. 
Live life, trust God. And she'd be crying. <laughs> You're my coach. Five minutes later. What's wrong with me? I was like, I don't know. But you better put on a smile tomorrow Sunday. I can't lose my job. You've lost your mind. And I, for the first time, realized people battle things. And it's real. I learned the beautiful word called Lexapro. <laughs> Some of you can probably testify. Some of you may be like, what? Some of you may be like, oh, that's just an excuse. You don't need that. You live with her when she was doing that, and you had been feeding them to her like Flintstone vitamins. I don't remember how long it was, but somebody told her, go see this lady. And she started taking this medicine, and then it was the total opposite. <laughs> I was like, do you even care? House is on fire. Let it burn. Let it burn. I was like, My, you done flipped the crazy switch the other way now. I pumped scripture in her mind. I made her memorize stuff. I thought I could fix it. And then finally I realized, you know what, Lindsay's just going through something. And my, rock, my right hand, I was so frustrated. And that's when I realized that the things people deal with are real. And just because they're not real to me and it's not something I'm facing does not give me the right to not have compassion and empathy I'm proud to tell you, Lindsay is no longer on medicine. She was, and she wasn't on medicine that long. But when she does get crazy, I ask her, do you need a refill on your medicine? Depression is something that's real and that people struggle with. There's two verses in the Bible that, uh, or there's a verse in the Bible, and I've got two different translations. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25. The modern English version says, heaviness in the heart of man makes it droop. But a good word makes it glad. The New King James says, Anxiety in the heart of a man causes depression. But a good word makes it glad. I love the last part. A good word makes it glad. But I find it interesting the way it's described at the beginning. Heaviness in the heart makes it droop. Have you ever had your heart where you felt like it was just drooping? Let me get a little bit more in your business. Do you feel like it's drooping right now? And you feel like when you walk up in here, you got to put on a smile because you don't want nobody to know what you're facing because they'll think you're weird, odd, strange, and they can't hang out with you. It's real. In just a moment, I'm going to show you just how real it is. Lindsay just finished reading a book called It's Not Supposed to Be This Way by Lisa Turkhurst. I'd walk in there and she'd be in the bed just reading it, just weeping. As Lisa Turkhurst would tell her story. But she made this statement in this book. It said, sometimes to get your life back, you have to face the death of what you thought your life would look like. When me and Lindsay got married, we talked about having kids, and we we're excited about having kids. I didn't know that many kids with wheelchairs and breathing machines 
I didn't know that meant four times you had to put her on a vest and shake her so she wouldn't get pneumonia and die. It wasn't the white picket fence little thing that I imagined that kids would be like. But I wouldn't trade it for anything in this world because I've learned to let what I thought was reality die and to embrace what reality is. And for some of us, this statement could be one of the truest things that you'll hear all day. To get your life back, you got to face the death of what you thought your life would look like. You've been through situations, tough situations. You've made mistakes. Stop looking at the what might have been and what is and, and, and embrace where you are and where God has you and make the best of what you got. There are times where we feel like that nobody has been through what we have. And she says one more statement, and if this is not one of the most powerful statements I've ever heard, I've never heard one. She said, if the enemy can isolate you, he can influence you. If he can make you feel like you're by yourself, you're weird, you're crazy, nobody else is going through what you are, he makes you feel like you are just the only one this way, he'll influence you. Well, maybe I am. Maybe it's not going to be better. Maybe every day is going to be gloomy. Maybe every day I'm just going to be bitter. Maybe every day I'm going to be mad. I can't have joy in my heart. You can't be isolated, friend. And that's why sermons like this are so important. There are people in here you may not ever have faced any of this stuff or maybe not to the extent. Most likely you have. You just have too much pride to admit it. But there are other people in this room, they need to hear this because today it's going to liberate somebody's mind. I was talking this morning about warning lights in the car. Me and Lindsay do not have, we have two cars and we don't own one car that don't have a consistent light on and the speed armor in the dashboard. At first, I wanted to figure out what it was. Then when I figured out what it was and I knew what it was, the question is, is it detrimental or not? It's not. We'll be fine. You walk around my Honda Pilot and you'll realize that there's a lot of things I've got that's not detrimental. It'll be fine. <laughs> Except that gas light. That gas light's one you don't play with. That gas light will hurt your feelings quick. It's bad when you drive a hybrid car that, run, that, that gets 50 miles to the gallon, but you run smooth out of gas on blue cut. There ain't nothing worse, number one, than seeing a hybrid car out of gas. Number two, seeing a fat boy leaning on a hybrid car that don't belong in that little car out of gas. People calling, Pastor, I just seen you. Why ain't you at work? Quit driving on blue cut during the day seeing me standing here. Got my little gas can, fired Priya up, and there she was. The warning lights are not trying to annoy you. They're trying to protect you. The question is not if you'll go through tough times. It's when will you go through tough times. For too long, we've worried about how people would judge us. For too long, we've hid behind the mask of perfection because we think, that's what will get accepted. For too long, we've looked at people with struggles as different. Anxiety and fear absolutely cripple people. I watched it happen in my wife's life. Well, I can't believe the pastor's wife been through that. Maybe she don't love God. She loves him more than you probably, and I'll confidently say that. 
but she's real enough with her struggle that I was able to tell you about it to maybe you cope with your struggle today. Because if the preacher's wife's been through it, maybe you'll realize it's okay if you're fighting through it. Characters in the Bible deal with this issue. King David, I just told you about. Moses, insecurities, didn't feel like he was significant. Jeremiah was called the weeping prophet because all he did was lament and whine and cry. Job, which we're reading through in our Bible plan right now, and I hope you're taking part of that. If you're not, it's not too late to catch up. I'll put a video out tomorrow. To Every week we're going to do something like that. But, but Job, dude went through all kind of stuff. Elijah. Elijah had a Mount Carmel experience where he called fire down from heaven and saw God do incredible things. And you keep on reading a few verses later and he is scared to death and saying, I'm the only one. There's nobody but me. Jonah. God told him to go to Nineveh. He refused to go to Nineveh. Then he winds up on a boat and people are like, what's going on? We're going to die. Jonah's like, it's me. I'm your problem. Jesus himself, Jesus himself experienced pain and hurt and betrayal, anxiety. You're saying Jesus was anxious? I'm saying anybody that bleeds blood from their pores, science will tell you that there is something. And here's another thing for people who, who, who have a hard time wrapping their mind around that. How could Jesus say that he understands what you deal with if he never dealt with it? Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. He wanted to get out of it. But his heart knew better. All the, 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 the human part. He said, but yet not my will, but your will be done. He understood what was happening. He knew what Roman crucifixion was. He knew the way that he was going to end. He knew that. These people were some of the greatest leaders but it's because they allow God to teach them through their struggles. The book of James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4 says this. My brothers, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Now, I don't know about you, but I have a hard time with that. I don't just fall into temptation or get mad and just be like, well, thank God, I'm full of joy right now that this is happening. Knowing that the trying of your faith develops patience. But let patience perfect its work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. This is what James said. Here's what Paul said to the Romans. Paul told the church in Rome, he said this, Not only so, but we also boast in tribulation. How many people get excited about going through trials? Doctors, give me a bad report. Bless the Lord, I'm pumped. No! Knowing that tribulation produces patience, and patience produces character, and character produces hope. I love living with hope, but I don't necessarily want to sign up for the process. Can you wrap your mind around the fact that God will use your struggle to make you better? God is for us. And he wants the best for us. Job told his wife at the very beginning of his struggle, he said, shall we accept good from the Lord and nothing else? I'm going to invite the worship team to come back. And me and Pastor Sean preach the same thing in Starkville that I do in New Life and here, but it's completely opposite. What do I mean by that? If I told you meet me at Mitoro, some of you may go, 
down Blue Cut and cut through. Some of you may get on the bypass and go and take the exit. We're going to get to Metoro. You just go a different way. I'm not going to ask Pastor Sean to preach something that is my personality, just like I'm not going to preach something that's his personality. That's not fair. And so Sean preaches his own thing, his own way, but we both are heading the same direction. So today he's talking about this, but you know what Sean's talking about today? He's talking about his story. Sean's talking about his struggles, his trials. He's talking about what the last 20 months of his life has been like, where he struggled. And he's just had bad days and down days. He's a pastor, yeah, but he's also a human. And he is being just incredibly vulnerable today. And as he was telling me what he was preaching about, he shared with me the illustration he was using. And I said, buddy, that is as good as stolen because that's amazing. He told me about Sequoia trees. Sequoia trees are the largest, they boast of being the largest tree in the world. Can get up to 300 feet tall. A sequoia tree is fascinating. Why? Because they can produce almost one tree, 400,000 seeds in their lifetime. One seed can take 10 to 20 years to germinate and actually begin to grow. 10 to 20 years. Do you know what the number one thing that a sequoia tree needs to grow? It's not rain. It's not sun. They grow in the winter. Space. And do you know what those in the redwood forest and and the sequoia trees that we have, do you know what they're their number one asset is fire. Because fire burns away everything that's competing for their space. Fire is a good thing for a sequoia tree because it makes room. Now here's the most interesting part about a sequoia tree. 300 feet tall, but their roots never go further than 14 feet deep. How does a 300-foot-tall tree live for thousands of years and be the greatest and the most sturdy? The secret to the strength of a sequoia tree is that they intertwine their roots with the other sequoia trees that are around them. They cannot fall Because if one falls, they all fall. Friend, if you don't think that is a picture of what this house ought to look like, a lot of us need some fire to burn away the things that are competing with us growing. Guess what? Sequoia trees never start the fire. God puts people around us to help us. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 24 through 26 says this, But God has composed the body, having given more abundant honor to what part which lacks it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that the parts should have the same care for one another. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts rejoice with it. 
we're in this thing together. Lindsay told me the other day, she said, I think before you preach this sermon, I think you need to, you need to give people an opportunity to reach out to you. And so what do you want to do? She said, put your phone number on the screen. I said, are you kidding me? I said, you know what? I got an idea. So I have a Google Voice app on my phone. I mean, I'll give you my phone number. But if you're crazy, we're going to have to at least know how, what, what level you are. <laughs> Church pays our phone bill. I'm not worried about that. But I did get a Google Voice number. And the reason I did is because it can be universal. And we can use it with all of our staff pastors. And so there's a number right there. And if you're going through stuff and you need some help, I want to help you. Now, let me just tell you this. I'm not a professional by any means of the word. And if I, if I know that what you're going through is not something I can help you with, I know the perfect person to refer you to. I do it all the time. But I know this, you don't have to do this thing alone. And if you think there are people in this room and you're worried about people judging you, listen to me. This has to be a place where judgment is not an option. I tell y'all week in and week out my, my junk. I air out my laundry. I don't do it because I have nothing else to say. I do it because I want you to know if the preacher goes through it, it's okay if I'm going through it. But let's me and you intertwine our roots. And if I don't fall, then baby, you ain't falling. And it's my job to hold you up and it's your job to hold me up. And it's the next person's job to hold them up. And let's get the stuff that competes and puts us in a closet and, and binds us. Let's get rid of that. And let's let the fire of God purge. Because we're a part of the body of Christ and we're important. You're in here today. I believe God wants to do something and I understand what time it is and I know people have things to do and in just a moment I'm going to pray and if you need to go that's fine but I specifically heard the Holy Spirit tell me to do something and I am going to do it in just a moment but if you're here today and you're just going through tough times God's for you and we're about to sing the song again never once did I ever walk alone you're faithful Maybe you're in here today and maybe you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior. Maybe you're, you're singing about a faithful God that you don't have a relationship with. Friend, there's no better time than right now to get right with Him. You have sin in your heart. The Bible says it separates you from God. We think the word sinner means bad. Well, sin is bad. But I know a lot of sinners that are good people. But sin still separates and you can't go to heaven with sin in your heart. You can be the best person on earth. You can be as good as you want to be. But if you don't have Jesus, you'll still miss the mark. And so before I go to the next step, the first step is this. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. I'm just going to ask you a simple question. Where are you at with Jesus? Where are you at with God? Do you have things in your life that are keeping you away from the Lord? Is your heart right with God? If it's not right with God, that's step one. We got to get it right with God. There's no judgment in here. Can I just tell you this? There's been many times Jody's had to bring his heart back in line with Jesus. But I'm just going to simply ask you to respond this way. I'm going to ask you to lift your hand in just one second. And I'm going to just say, hey, 
I, if you're in here and you're away from the Lord, in just a moment I'm going to ask you to respond. And then I'm not going to get you to stand up or anything like that. not going to embarrass you. But we're going to pray right there. And the Bible says that if you'll confess with your mouth that you're a sinner, if you'll believe in your heart that Jesus died and you'll accept that gift of salvation, the Bible says you're saved. Step, the next step is to get plugged in with some more sequoias. If you're in here and you're away from Jesus, today's your day. And I'm going to ask you just to respond on the count of three by lifting your hands. One, two, three. Amen. 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 I want everybody to stand up now. And I'm going to pray in just a moment. But here's what I believe the Lord spoke to me to do. And for some of you, pride can keep you where you are. Lindsay to help me. Mark and Paul, if you don't mind, I'd love for you to help me. And Ryan, you guys are on the prayer team. And if you're going through something and you want people to pray for you, I want us to pray for you. I'm going to be down here to pray for you. And then I need some more sequoias once they come here to come in behind them. Don't you come in behind them wondering what's going on in their life. You come in behind them knowing we're fixing to get rid of the clutter. Because I've been there. If God has brought you from somewhere and brought you to here, then you help somebody else get from there to here. Because never once do we ever walk alone. If you're our guest today, thank you for coming. I normally go out to the lobby, but I, I do believe I'll be here for a minute today. And so I'll get to shake your hand, hopefully some other time, but I know this is what God told me to do. And here's when I said earlier, some of you are going to get liberated because in just a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to come and have someone pray for you. And the hardest part of it is going to be stepping out from where you are, worrying about what people think. Job said, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I will depart. It's you and Jesus. That's the only one you need to worry about. And if somebody judges you or wonders why you're coming, then they probably should be following close and behind you. But in just a moment, I'm going to give you a chance, and we're just going to pray. And we're going to have Kaylee and Pastor Christy sing over us, and, and we're going we're gonna to talk about scars and struggles, and, and it's real, but we've been there. And today, God's going to set some of you free. In your mind, you're going to realize it's okay. Because he's for me. Your heart may droop and your spirit may be depressed. But he says, but a good word will make you glad. And today, that's what's about to happen. A good word is about to set fire in your spirit. And the congestion and the clutter is going to go. God's going to use you. God's going to touch you. Now bow your head and close your eyes. I'm going to pray for those that just lifted their hand. And then as they begin to sing, I'm going to ask those that help me pray to come help me pray. Preston, if you don't mind, if you'd help me pray, you guys. I, I want us to, to pray and just ask God to do something in this house with people. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. And Lord, your word is very clear that it will not return void. And God, I did my best at what you spoke to my heart. Now, God, I let go and I let you because this is what I know you told me to do. 
I pray, God, in these next few moments, if there's people that pride and, and things have bound them for years. I struggle with stuff, but I don't want anybody to know that is a lie from hell. And today, God, you're telling us we've been there and we're going to do this thing together. Fear, anxiety, depression, worry. It's not going to cripple us anymore because I'm going to, land, I'm going to link up with another sequoia. And God, we're not going to fall. Not on our watch, God. Not on our watch, God. I pray the power of your Holy Spirit move in this house and you set people free in Jesus' name. God, for those that lifted their hand, I pray we confess that we're sinners. Believe in our heart that you saved us. And God, we accept that gift of salvation. Your word says if we do that, then we're saved. It's the greatest thing that could ever happen. God, I love you and I give you praise and glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. They're going to begin to sing and those people that I asked to pray, if you'll come. Here's what's going to happen. As they begin to sing, if people, if people come for prayer uh, and, and you want to come in behind them and pray with them, I want you to come. If you've got to go, if you've got things going on, things pressing, you do that. I'm fine. I understand. God bless you. But right now, it's a laboratory for the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to let him do what I know he wants to do. So they're going to lead us in worship. You feel free to step out. You can be as open and as transparent as you want. But today, God's going to do something for you. In Jesus' name, amen.